we welcome Clarence McGowan, who is a graduate of the Serenity Inn's um, residential community, and he is here to share his story with us. So at this time, please welcome Clarence. Joint this or this? All right. I didn't do it. Good morning. Good morning. What a blessing to be here. And I thank you for your invitation. Can you hear me now? Okay, great. I'm not used to speaking in a microphone. What a blessing to be here, and thank you again for your invitation. It's a... Uh, true blessing by God that I am even standing here. I mean, I, uh, let me introduce myself first. My name is Clarence McGowan. I graduated from Serenity Inn program about three, a little over three years ago. Uh, my life through surrendering to God has changed immensely. The blessings have been unbelievable. I mean, I can't even tell you I was on the verge of death. And uh, just by surrendering my will over to God, admitting total defeat, I'm standing before you today. We're going to take a moment and read. I have a recovery Bible, so if you mind, I just want to read a couple chapters from Hebrews and a couple verses. And then I'm going to translate it from my recovery perspective, if you don't mind, Pastor. Okay, great. So, chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2, verses... Hit this all marked. <laughs> I'm going to start with verse 14 through 18. Okay. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, it is necessary for him to be made in every aspect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he's he himself had gone through suffering and testing. He is able to help us when we are being tested. And being an addict, I had to be able to translate that, and, and, and I had to be able to fill it. And how, 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 how can I, how does this relate to me, and how can I use it? So my recovery Bible translates this. It says, no matter how difficult things are for us now, our eternal destiny is to rule in heaven with Christ if we believe in him. Believers who are in recovery on the way to eternity with God moving through difficult territory where Christ has already been. It was God's great love and grace that led Jesus to his death. By his death, salvation was made available to us all. It's also God's grace that leads us through suffering and recovery. Often, it is only through refining fire of suffering that we can achieve balance and true holiness. When we suffer, we can be sure that Jesus is with us, that he went before us, and that God will use our pain for his purposes. When we are depressed or struggling in recovery, we may feel that nobody cares about us or understands what we are going through. No person has gone 
to greater lengths to identify with us than Jesus Christ. Though, though he was limitless God, he subjected himself to all our human limitations. He lived in our world as a human being and suffered as we do. Therefore, he understands our pain and sufferings from personal experience. He has been where we are, and he is both eager and able to help us. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's powerful to me because I couldn't be helped until I totally surrendered my will over to God. I was living a life of total, total despair. Uh, we kind of start to my, I had struggled with alcoholism and addiction for most of my life. I was homeless. I was, I was devoid of all hope. I, I didn't know I, I was going to die. I had been in and out of the hospital many times. I had pancreatitis. I had, I had no hope. And through the struggle and despair and losing almost everything, my kids weren't speaking to me. My, my family looked at me in disgust and, and just total bafflement. I couldn't understand it. Why would I continue to drink when I had lost everything and everything in my body said, don't, don't drink? I didn't know which way to turn. I, I wandered the streets, homeless, broke, in total, total despair. One morning on June 5th, and I'll never forget this day. I don't ever want to forget it. I don't live in it, but I don't want to forget it. June 5th, 2012, it was one of those, we had one of those hottest, hottest years on record that year about 100 degrees, I got up like I had done every morning, thinking about how I was going to get my next drink. Where was I going to get my next bottle? How was, gonna, how was I going to make it through another day? So I started my day walking, and my goal was to try to get as drunk as I could get so that I could get admitted into the hospital because I had pancreatitis. And I figured if, if it acted up, I would have somewhere to stay for eight days. I always knew that when I went into the hospital, I, I would have eight days to stay there. So I'm walking, and I'm begging for drinks everywhere I could go. And I ended up walking about, I was in Milwaukee on the north side, and I ended up walking about 10 miles. And I was going to stop in every bar I had ever drank in and demand that they give me something to drink. Either you were going to give me something to drink or I was going to jail. It was going to be a fight. And somehow, and I don't know, and, and this is where I believe God's will for me kicked in. I was walking towards St. Mary's Hospital on the east side of Milwaukee. And I was hoping I had drink enough that they would admit me. So I get there, and they, I get to the emergency room. And they said, we're gonna, we're gonna, we got a room for you, but it's not because of your pancreatitis. We're, we're going to let you detox. And I was like, what? They don't do that at hospitals, not unless you have insurance. You know? <laughs> so, so I'm in there. I get admitted into a room, and I'm sitting there. I'm on the bed. I had been, if you can picture, I had no socks on. I'd been on the same clothes for two or three weeks. I, I, I had no underwear on. I was a wreck. And I'm sitting in the room, and I'm crying, and I'm bawling. 
all of a sudden a lady comes in and she says she grabs a, a bucket of water and a sponge and she said I want you to stop that crying I want you to tell me five good things about yourself I don't have anything to say good about myself I haven't been a good father I've been a terrible you know person for so, so many years what, 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 what am I going to say about myself so tell me five good things about yourself. She takes the sponge and starts bathing me down and wiping me down. And uh, it's okay. I sit there and I'm still. She leaves the room. She said, you're going to be all right. I'm like, what? I'm broke? I got nowhere to go when you, when you, when you kick me out of here. I'm gonna, I, I'm, 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 all I want is another drink. All of a sudden, this gentleman comes in the room. His name was Leonard. He said, I'm going to put you in a cab to Serenity Inn. Serenity Inn. So I go there, and that's where I meet Ellen Blaffer, who is one of the most wonderful people I've ever met in my life. And that moment when I surrendered, when I got in there and I told Miss Ellen Blatt, I told Miss Ellen that I've, 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 I've admitted total defeat and I have an unconditional surrender. I have no conditions. Let God's will, let my life live God's will. No. She told me when she sent me in her office, she said, Clarence, if you stay here, and you turn your will over to God, and God guides you through this program, you're going to have blessings that you will never believe. I'm $60,000 behind in child support. I'm, I'm, I'm homeless. I have no kids aren't talking to me. Family's not talking to me. What, what are you talking about? You know? But I, I, wanted, I had to believe in something. I had to turn. I had to get out of my will. And surrender over to God's will. Because I didn't have any other choice. So I stay at Serenity Inn. And after about a month of being there, my oldest daughter, she comes to see me. And she says, Dad, I love you. And you're going to be okay. And I couldn't believe it. And I kept sticking, praying, following God's, God's path through recovery. And one day, about two months into the program, and I, and, and I, and I tell people this with all earnestness in my heart. Because I wasn't one to turn to God for anything. I was one to live life run on self-will. I thought if I just did this or that, I could do it. And I was walking down the street. And all of a sudden, and I, again, I wasn't one to turn over to God. I felt like angels came down on my shoulders. It felt like I was walking the streets 
it's the angel said to me, you're going to be all right. I said, you're going to be okay. I'm like, and I'm going to, I went back and I told Miss Ellen that, and I, was, I, I, I couldn't believe it myself. I was like, what? Here's a man who has never turned over to God for anything. I've never put my faith and trust in God for anything. And here I am walking the streets, and I still, at that point, you got to realize, I'm still broke. Only place I have to turn to is serenity and God. And, and when I walked back, I just felt like God is, willing, is with me. And from that moment on, my life has changed immensely. I, I cannot tell you the blessings that have come to me. And I ended up staying in Serenity Inn for nine months. I got it's a seven month program, and I got two extensions. And I asked Miss Ellen, "Could I stay for another month? Could I stay for another month?" Because I wasn't ready. God hadn't told me to leave yet. Stayed there for nine months. When I left, graduated that program, some of the blessings that Miss Ellen had talked about, I left there. I came in there broke. I left with a job. I left with furniture that was donated to me by good people, such as people in this congregation. I left with hope that I can make it. And my life has, has, has been better than it's ever been. I can't, I can't tell you how, how good my life is today. I used to be the type of person that any little bump in the road would set me set me over the edge. Anything would send me into despair. I was never joyful because I kept trying to find happiness instead of joy in life. If I got this, then I'd be happy. If I had this, then I'd be happy. Today, I find joy in my life, true joy, through serving God. I've had a number of tragedies come into my life since I've been in, in recovery for three years. I've had a number of deaths. My nephew was just killed in a car crash. My cousin was just hit by a truck killed a month ago all this summer and none of those things could even phase me to, that I would even consider to going against God's will and going back out there I want I talked about some of the blessings from God that I've received where I'm at today my family 
tell me they're proud of me. They call me. They tell me they love me. I had dinner with my daughter. I want two people in this congregation to, to stand up in a second. Blessings, and it's not a, in order of importance, but in order of, of, of where, how, where I met them first. Miss Ellen Blattness, would you please stand up? I love you, Miss Ellen. And there's not a man that doesn't come through that that's running the end that does not say the same thing. If you want if you wanna if you wanna get some guys mad at you, say something about Miss Ellen. We all look at her with nothing but she 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 takes away all your excuses. She's gonna give you everything you need. Oh, you, you don't have any shoes, we got you. <laughs> you need some toothbrush, we got you. She 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 really she really cares about the men in that in, in that serenity in. She's a blessing from God for me. My second blessing, and I talked about I was alone in despair since I've been sober, since God's entered my life. I have another great blessing. That's my wife. I'm married now. Patricia McGowan, could you stand up? And she was more, she's been more than just a blessing to me. She's been a rock because God led, led me to a true woman of God. She's had some things. She, she has, she tells me all the time. And on the way here, she said to me, because I, I, I said, this is not in my comfort zone. She said to me, your blessings, God, blessings sometimes come when you're not in your comfort zone. That's where your blessings are, Clarence. You need to realize that. You have, you have a story to tell. She's a wonderful wife. I have a wonderful stepson. I, 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 I live each day. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all that you people do for Serenity Inn. I, 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 I tell people it's, it's in God's time, not, 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 not ours. And if it wasn't for a place like Serenity Inn that takes in homeless addicts, men that have nowhere else to go. Because nobody feels, let me just say that, nobody really feels much sympathy for middle-aged men, homeless, walking the street. No, we need more places like that. The sympathy doesn't go toward the men. But by changing a man's life, you not only affect that man, you affect a family. Now I'm paying child support, now I have my children, now I'm a productive member of society. So sometimes our society has to realize that by lifting that man up to where he should be in, in a place in the family, you lift the whole family up. And uh, I'm going to end with just thank you so much for inviting me. I was a little nervous, but thank you so much. It's been an honor.